Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. The Supreme Court's been handing down a whole bunch of decisions lately, and they handed one down yesterday uh, involving religious freedom. And um, this is an interesting story. Um, I saw some headlines that kind of got it wrong, though. It's a nuance that I think is important because this headline, for instance, says Supreme Court hands religious freedom win to postal worker who refused to work on Sunday. However, he's not actually outright won his case. The Supreme Court has said they're changing the standard and they're going to let this man make an argument in a court at trial. He could still lose, but he, he's, he's lived to fight another day. And so that's a, a point I want to make sure is quite clear here. Uh, Fox News reported this, but as did everybody else. Bill Mears and Chris Pandolfo wrote it. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously for a postal worker in Pennsylvania in an important religious liberty dispute over how far employers should go to accommodate faith-based requests in the workplace. The man is a mail carrier and a Christian from Pennsylvania. He asked the court to decide whether the U.S. Postal Service could require him to deliver packages on Sundays because he observes Sunday as the Sabbath. And he believes that he needs to rest on the Sabbath. His attorney argued in April the court should revisit the 50-year-old precedent that established a test to determine when employers should make accommodations for their employees' religious practices. In ruling for the government worker, the high court overturned its 1977 precedent that said that employers had to reasonably accommodate an employee's religious beliefs and practices so long as that would not create an undue hardship on the business. The new decision changes the standard and that undue hardship standard is no longer the case. This could now make it easier for some individual employees to secure a religious accommodation in their workplace. It's Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that requires employers to accommodate employees' religious practices unless doing so would be an undue hardship. The Supreme Court case from 77 was Transworld Airlines versus Hardison said employers could deny religious accommodations to employees when they impose more than a de minimis cost on the business. So they use that favorite phrase of mine, de minimis. Uh, this man's attorney argued the court should scrap the de minimis test, which he suggested has been abused by lower courts to deny religious accommodations in favor of the plain language of Title VII, which would define undue burden in the same way it is defined in other federal laws, such as the ADA the Americans with Disabilities Act. The government believes undue hardship arises whenever there is a lost efficiency, weekly payment of premium wages, or denial of a co-worker's shift preference, uh, the attorney told the justices during oral arguments. Thus, under the government's test, a diabetic employee could receive snack breaks under the ADA, but not prayer breaks under Title VII, for that might cause lost efficiency. Uh, the U.S. solicitor had argued against the court overturning Hardison, stressing that nearly half a century of established case law would go up for grabs if the court created a new undue burden standard. Appearing to concede the de minimis language in isolation can be unclear, she argued that the government's interpretation of the standard over more than four decades is context-based 
to whichever particular cases are present. To be sure, as the Solicitor General notes, some lower courts have understood that the protection for religious adherence is greater than the de minimis might suggest when read in isolation. But a bevy of diverse religious organizations had told this court that the de minimis test has blessed the denial of even minor accommodations in many cases, making it harder for members of minority faiths to enter the job market. We hold that showing more than a de minimis cost, as that phrase is used in common parlance, does not suffice to establish undue hardship under Title VII. Hardison cannot be reduced to that one phrase. Now, the mail carrier here was a fill-in mail carrier who worked in the U.S. Post Office when other mail carriers were off. Uh, Excuse me. In 2013, the USPS contracted with Amazon to deliver packages, and workers were required to take Sunday shifts for weekend deliveries. Initially, this man was able to work out an arrangement with his supervisors to transfer to another branch that did not deliver on Sundays. When that branch also began Sunday deliveries, he was permitted to miss his shifts provided he could find someone to cover for him. However, he was frequently unable to do so, and he uh, missed over two dozen assigned Sunday shifts as a result. Now, officials said his absence has created a tense environment and contributed to morale problems. It also meant other carriers had to deliver more Sunday mail than they otherwise would have had to. Believing that he would be fired from missing his shift, he resigned from his job in 2019. Uh, He then obtained representation uh, and uh, filed a federal lawsuit against the Postal Service. He contends that the USPS could have accommodated his beliefs by scheduling shifts so that he didn't have to work on Sundays. But the Third Circuit Court of Appeals uh, said that the USPS would suffer an undue hardship if it took further action to accommodate him, and the Supreme Court vacated that judgment and remanded the case for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. So he has not won yet. They've revived his lawsuit and sent it back down. Uh, Be clear here that this is a landmark victory, not only for Gerald, the man, but for every American. No American should be forced to choose between their faith and their job. Uh, That's a spokesperson for First Liberty, which is an organization helping him. The court's decision today restores religious freedom to every American in the workplace. This decision will positively help millions and millions of Americans, those who work now, and their children and grandchildren. I'm delighted that the U.S. Supreme Court reaffirmed our nation's commitment to providing equal opportunity and fair treatment in the workplace. Uh, The man who is at the center of this wrote in an op-ed that was published, More than that, the justices affirmed my decision to trust God by honoring the Lord's Day. I'm grateful to all those who have expressed their support, especially my family, community, co-workers, and neighbors. Now, in a statement, a Postal Service spokesperson expressed confidence that the USPS will ultimately win the case. We agree with the Supreme Court's clarification, which accepts the arguments we made before the court, and which is fully consistent with the standard we apply when seeking to accommodate the sincerely held religious beliefs, observances, and practices of our employees. For those reasons, and because we believe the lower court will conclude that providing the requested accommodation here would impose a substantial burden on the Postal Service, we are confident the Postal Service will again prevail when the case is remanded. 
So they're saying that they're convinced when they go back to trial, they're still going to win. They're going to win on the different standard. And so one of the things I've always been curious about, and of course, I studied constitutional law in law school. It's one of the classes you take in your first year, con law, they call it, because we say it so often. In constitutional law, you talk a lot about the First Amendment. The First Amendment includes the uh, stuff about religion. And um, they talk about here seeking to accommodate the sincerely held religious beliefs, observances, and practices of our employees. Sincerely held religious beliefs. And so I've always been troubled by courts that suggest that when someone says, I'm religious, do they have the right to determine how sincerely you hold your religious beliefs? And how do you measure that? How do you know what's going on in my heart, as they say? And so it's a very, very unusual field of law. Because to discuss people's sincerely held religious beliefs, I've met people that I've known for years who just went about and did their own business. And then somewhere down the road, I discover, oh, this person is a devout, insert religion here. It turns out that they just don't advertise it. They don't brag about it. They're not out trying to convert people to it. They're not going door to door knocking, trying to, give away books or something. They just very quietly go about their business and they do have sincerely held religious beliefs, but you wouldn't know it if you asked them, they might tell you. And I've also met other people who scream and yell about how religious they are. And then the question then becomes, which of them more sincerely holds their beliefs? And is there a way to measure it? And is that something that courts are equipped to do? I'm simply asking the question. I don't know the answer to this. I, I'm familiar with the First Amendment. Like I said, I've taken classes on it. I've written exam answers about it. Uh, it was addressed on the bar exam 32 years ago for me. And I'm just always curious about how courts address that. And what it basically boils down to is somebody's got to come into court and say, yes, I sincerely hold these beliefs. And they may have to testify and say, what that means to me is I do the following things. And then you got to start explaining things that are quite personal. I pray. I go to church. I help other people. I read the Bible, whatever it might be. And that, to me, has always been a bit intrusive. Because there are some religions that suggest that you should be humble. And you don't advertise these things. You just do them because they're the right things to do. And so if somebody is a member of a religion or a follower of a belief system that says that you humbly keep these things within yourself, can you bring that person into court, put them on the stand and cross-examine them about it? Oh, how often do you pray? Do you close your eyes? What kind of things do you pray about? Do you pray for your enemies? You know, I, I'm, I'm simply saying to me, it's always been an awkward portion of this field of law that they talk about sincerely held religious beliefs, which implies that there's some way to measure that. And I don't think there really is. So uh, it's an interesting case. We'll see what happens. But now there's a slightly higher standard 
that the employers have got to live up to to accommodate the workers and their sincerely held religious beliefs. We'll see what happens as it gets sent back to court for trial. Chris Pandolfo and Bill Mears both wrote that for Fox News. Supreme Court hands religious freedom win to postal worker who refused to work on Sunday. He will get his day in court. Questions or comments? Put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. If you're going to do the wrong thing, do it the right way.